on the show, we're talking about if it's okay to be offensive in the things that you're saying, are you offensive? I don't know. Stay tuned for more. You're listening to the Paul Prosize Podcast. And now Paul Prosize. All right, guys. So I've been thinking a lot about the uh, this this show and then the things. Um, you know, I'm supposed to, I have this thing on my nose. I'm 40 years old. Apparently, I'm still dealing with, you know, teenage things. <laughs> uh, we have a teenager in the house and, uh, you know, he loves to say, oh, you guys have pimples too. So I got a little pimple. That's awesome. Great. Uh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to start the show. Hey, guys. So um, today I'm, I'm talking to you about how to be offensive. And the funny thing is, what I it kind of almost on the surface, it seems like I'm kind of being counter to what I've said in the previous podcasts, that we need to be doing things better, that we need to say things in love. And I'm going to tell you that we can be offensive, but still do things properly and do, do things the right way. We do that because we educate ourselves. We talk about the issues. We, we figure out where, where we stand on specific topics. Um, I have recently, um, just been paying a whole lot of attention as you guys may know, um, with the, like the 1619 project and them, um, and that whole agenda behind it, what that, what that is, and then really pushing to try to get things into the school systems. And to me, it's very offensive to rewrite history. And the, the whole basis of the 1619 project is stated as imagining what if history was like this, and then they're presenting it as fact. That to me is offensive. It's offensive to erase history, to cr- create your own fake history and do completely the opposite, or basically to, to say, this is fact, this is truth. When it, their whole thing in the very beginning they say we're just imagining how things could have been so they're writing a fake history and then they're trying to get it into school systems to try to teach our kids so apparently truth is offensive we see that over and over and over don't we on social medias and cnn and people getting offended when you say all lives matter. Well, just black lives matter. No, 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 no. Well, apparently that's offensive. So how do we be offensive? If that, if truth is offensive, how do we do that tastefully <laughs> or how, how, are, how are we to present the offensive truth? And I, and I say to you that the real way, and we do that is to be as, as, as educated as possible on each of the topics. And, um, it's, it's interesting because when truth that, you know, the, you hear truth is relative. <laughs> what the heck does that even mean? First of all, how is truth relative or truth is subjective? My truth is not necessarily your truth. No truth is truth is truth. If it's good, bad, or ugly truth is what it is. If we look into the past of whoever, and we see that they have something offensive in their back background. We can talk about that. We can have those things. If we've, we've, we've discovered that, oh my gosh, some president had slaves, but he also tried to end slavery. Maybe we need to fight, figure out what 
was going on with that person in time. Is it offensive to say that specific presidents had slavery before it was ended in America or before the foundation of America? People point out that Washington may have had slaves or he did have slaves or whatever, or, or Jefferson had slaves. But is it more offensive to say that England outlawed the ability to free slaves? It was illegal to free your slaves. But that apparently speaking truth is offensive. And how do we get to that place? So we've got to start looking back in history. We've got to start looking back in things. And I said we're going to have some history lessons and stuff moving forward. And I'm excited to do those things. But really, we have to start going back to truth. And if it's offensive truth, then it's okay. Now, I draw my inspiration from from the Bible, from Scripture. I believe that Christ is the king. And I've said that already a bunch of times. So that's where I'm coming from. And the reality too is that Jesus was offensive, but it was the truth. He brought truth and it was offensive to the leaders of the day, the leaders of the church of the, of the Jewish faith. And it was offensive. He did things like clearing the temple, all those things. Those were offensive acts, but he was acting in righteousness so we need to do the same thing. We need to take from that. doesn't mean that we need to go and disrupt businesses or disrupt any of the, those things because our intentions may not be pure. So we need to look at these things and, and we need to go back in history and learn. So is it offensive to say that the foundation of this country was fa- founded on the principles of God? on the Bible. And I say, it has become offensive. I've actually heard pastors in the church from the pulpit say this, this nation was not founded on those principles. And that is either ignorance, that they just don't know the truth, or willful blindness, purposeful misleading of the truth. And so if you're saying that from the pulpit, you are either lying or you need to educate yourself on the truth. Because the, the truth is, the foundation was of the, of, the, of the United States, the foundation of the Constitution, all of those things were founded in these principles. Now you can look at Locke, and you can look at all of the other inspirations that the, that the founders had, and there were plenty out there, but in their own words, they talk about these things. I've got a stack of books that I've been going through and reading all of these things. I mean, it's crazy how many books I have. Probably stupid that I have this many books that I have to read. One of, sorry, I'm just reaching for this, one of the books. One of the books, um, it's a great person. I'm sure a lot of people that have, are listening to me have already, have already bought these kinds of books. But this one is called The, the Four Centuries of American Education. Really, it's, it's more than that now. Uh, it's by David Barton. And I would encourage you to look into this. If you're curious about things in the past, everything is cited, every source is cited, you can go through and find the original documentation of exactly where he's getting his words. Is it offensive to say that the founders, many of the the signers of the Declaration of Independence and of the Constitution, had their training 
in the foundation of Jesus Christ and the whole in the holy scriptures. Like that is what ha- what we have here and it, apparently it's offensive to say those things now. But it oftentimes it's in how we say it to people as well. We come across as being a jerk, we come across as being uh pig-headed, judgmental, nasty Christians or nasty whatever. If you are not a Christian and you just happen to know that this is the truth, this is the, like, you don't have to agree that God exists with me. You don't have to agree with me on this, but you do need to look in history and say, what did these guys say? And how, what was their background? What, how, what was their educational background? If you show me your education, I could show you your future. Just like we're seeing all of the Marxists coming out of, out of, um, these universities, it's because they're getting indoctrinated by Marxist professors now. Okay, so the, the, if that's true, which it is, I'm sorry I'm offending some of you. Not all college graduates or people coming out of the universities are Marxists, but there is a massive movement, and there's lots of evidence to prove that. There is a massive push to move people in the socialist Marxist mentality. Sorry if I'm being offensive. There just is. But if you start looking through books and looking through history, and I've gone through a lot of this stuff, and I've, I can't prove anything beyond what is claimed in this book. So if you have other, other claims that would um, disprove this book, then let me know. You can find me at Paul Procise anywhere on social media. My website, paulprocise.com. We can have good discussions. We can agree to disagree. We can fix things. If I say something that's wrong, then let me know. But we can discuss things in truth and have offensive conversations with each other and agree to disagree, but we don't need to do the yelling and screaming. Four centuries of, of America, and it's really it's, it, five now because this was uh, said the 20th century. Now we're obviously further than that. Um, it just... When you start looking at like the foundation and where these guys got their education and you go Princeton and Yale and Harvard, those were the, the Ivy League, the, the top schools at the time. Would it shock you to know that these guys, even though what you see today coming out of Princeton, Yale, Harvard, and the top people coming from those, oftentimes are saying something completely different, but their foundation then was based on Christ and the Bible. Let me show you. So if you if you look at um, the early education of these guys, early Harvard graduates, 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 why would I say it like that? John Hancock, William Hooper, Robert T or Robert Payne, William Ellery, John Adams, Samuel Adams, Fisher Ames. Timothy Pickering, all these guys just went to Harvard. That's just a few, just, just, just to name a few of the people. How many of those went on to become the signers of the Constitution? Well, of those people, John Adams, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, um, William Ellery was another one, William Hooper, Robert Payne, of course, William, William Williams, Eldridge Gary, Jerry, I don't know, signers of the Constitution. There was other people. They did a lot of crazy and amazing things. 
William Cushing, he was an original justice of the United States Supreme Court, came from Harvard. All right, so there's some prominent people. That's just that's just where they came from. Like that that's the education that they received. What what was what was Harvard's motto? Any of you Harvard alums, what is Harvard's motto? Can you say it? It's two mottos. For Christ and the church and for the glory of Christ. Huh. That's offensive. Let every student be plainly instructed and consider, well, the main end of his life. And studies is to know God and Jesus, which is eternal life. It comes from John 17, 3. And therefore to lay Christ at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. Huh. So if this is the basis and the, and the, the foundation of the education of the men that signed the Constitution, that signed the Declaration of Independence, that's just one school. We haven't even talked about Yale or Princeton. Things start to kind of break down, don't we? Don't they? When you start looking at the truth, <laughs> the offensive truth to today's narratives, to the 1619 project that says that these things were not true, they are true, and here it is in plain print from the, from the sources, and you can look at the sources. But you can't find the sources for the 1619 project because it's a lie. It's a myth. It's made-up history. It's not true. Sorry I'm offending you, 1619 people, New York Times stooges, that are just pushing out false agendas, fake history. Sorry, I, I'm getting upset. I'm sorry. It is very frustrating that the research that I'm doing, and I'm like, wait a second. Now, I knew these things, but I didn't see it with my own eyes. And I'm looking at this stuff. I'm like, these guys are criminal in pushing this agenda onto our kids. I've got a 13-year-old getting ready to go into high school, and this crap could possibly be in his hands. And I'm saying, no, enough is enough. We've got to stop it. We have to stop what we're doing, and I get it. We're all busy. We all have lives. We're trying to just get through the day. We're just trying to survive the shutdowns. So I get it. I get your frustration. And all you want to do is just send your kids to a, a decent school to be educated well so they can go on to do whatever they want to do as adults. I am with you. I have three kids of my own and I am terrified of something like the 1619 Project leaking into school. You know, just a few years ago, we were fighting over Common Core. Common Core is good in comparison to the 1619 Project. I would rather have a fight over Common Core any day than the 1619 Project crap that's rolling down the hill. Here's, here's some early Yale graduates just to pile on. Lewis Morris, William Livingston, Jared Ingersoll, Lyman Hall, Oliver Wolcott, Noah Webster, Abraham Baldwin, Philip Livingston. Do you guys know who these people are? They were pastors and ministers tra trained in, in, the, in the here. They were influential people in the foundation of this, of this country. De signers of the Declaration, people that I just mentioned, Lyman Hall, Philip Livingston, Lewis Moeris, Oliver Wolcott, signers of the Constitution, Abraham Baldwin, Jared Ingersoll, William Livingston, 
And there were other prominent leaders like Noah Webster. Noah Webster created no the Webster's Dictionary. We still use Webster's Dictionary. If you go to like what, you know, I mean, it's online, dictionary.com or whatever, Webster's.com. It's still prominent in our language. It, it, it's still there. James Kent, he was a Yale graduate. He's known as the father of American Jewish, Jew, Jewish prudence. Yale says this. This is what they admonished his students to say, to, to, to be a bar. Above all, have an eye to the great end of all your studies, which is to obtain the clearest conceptions of divine things and to lead you to, saving, to, this, to a saving knowledge of God in the Son of Jesus Christ. So tell me how these people weren't founded or grounded in Christian principles. These men that went on to be signers of the Declaration, signers of the Constitution. And you can read in their own writing letters and things that they said. This is the reason that I did what, whatever I did. These guys that go on to be gov become governors and representatives of their states. That they were founded in Christ, that Jesus Christ was the foundation of all the things that they, they knew. Their, their, their foundation for their education was on Jesus and the Holy Scriptures. And come on, people. Don't tell me that this is offensive. It's history. It is what it is. Some of these guys may have owned slaves. Maybe that's offensive to you because we tend to put our, our historians on a pedestal or our statues, right? It's some kind of weird version of, of whatever. We have a monument to Lincoln and, all, and Washington and all these things, and we, we ignore the bad. And we, so we can talk about the, the bad things. I have no problems talking about those things, but what we shouldn't be doing is going through and deleting history and making something up that wasn't true to begin with. How do you, how do, so how do we go about doing that? And it's by picking up books like this. There's other books. Let me, let me just grab another one. Apocalypse Never. This is written by uh, Michael Schellenberg, Schellenberger. And what it is, is he was a prominent um, climate change alarmist. And he goes through and says where he was wrong in that. He still believes in climate change and all that stuff. But he was a part of all of that. And so in his own words, he's saying this is where we got it wrong. And so he's speaking truth that is offensive to people now. He's still a lefty. He's still a liberal. He's still, you know, all of those things, but he's seeing things. And if you've listened to any of his interviews recently, he's calling the ultra left wing of, of, of this movement, this fear mongering nonsense that's going on for climate change. He's calling it a religion because it is, it's a religious devotion to fake science or altering things for political agendas. And he's calling it out in this book, get, pick up books, Pick up things. Start reading things. If you want to be really offensive, pick up a Bible. Even if you don't believe in the Bible, know where these founders are coming from. And if you don't understand it, find somebody like me or somebody else that can help you understand these things. You can message me. I'll help you through things. Right now, I have, I have time. I can do that. 
And so do a lot of other people. If you know somebody that's near and close to Jesus, talk to them about the things that offend you about Christianity. We are a bunch of hypocrites. I am massively hypocritical on so many things. I try to be do, do better. I try to do the things, but I do things that I wish I, I didn't do all the time. Yell at my kids. Sleepy, I'm tired, I'm cranky, whatever. I do things that I wish I wouldn't do all the time. And it's offensive to me. So we can do things in and care for each other. That's the video that you guys that I've put out there. That's actually kind of getting a really decent response right now. The, how did we get here? It is offensive to people. I I've sent it to some people that did not agree with anything I said there and they were offended by it. But you know what I didn't do is yell back at them. Nobody's really yelled at me, but I'm not, I'm not like, stomped my ground and said, you must believe what I said. That was my opinion. I, I, I think that we're going in a different direction. If you guys have not seen it, go to my website page, website page, my paulprocess.com. Find me on Facebook. Facebook, it is like going crazy for anything that I've ever posted. <laughs> Far crazier than anything I've ever been a part of. It's like 15, 16,000 views right now. A whole bunch of shares. I encourage you to go in and engage on that, share it as well. And while we're at it, might as well find me on the podcast, follow me, like all that stuff, do all those things. It, it does help me. It, do, it does help get this stuff out there, get this message out there. And I get that it is offensive and it might offend some people. So if you don't want to use your Facebook to be offensive, I support that. In fact, I don't use my Facebook anymore to be offensive because I want to be able to have good conversations with people. I have my private one that I don't, I'm not offensive on. And then I have my, you know, my public profile that has this kind of stuff on. Find me there. I would probably want to accept your friendship on a, on the personal one. Unless I know you personally. But Paul Procise, at Paul Procise on Twitter and Parler and all of those things. You can find those things. We can talk and have offensive conversations. Let's talk about things. Oh, did you know we found out this? There's another book. I don't even know if it's a, a, a true book. Um, so I'm going through the sites right now, sightings. And um, I've asked a, another historian to go through this book before I present things in this that they are claiming is true. So I want to be careful in how I do this. But there, um, there's a, um, a group in the Republican Party that was called the Radical Republicans. And I want to make sure that I'm speaking in truth before I really present that, those stories and make sure that this is true. But there's a, um, a couple books out there, so I'm, I'm research thing, researching things. I'm trying to find original documents, and I want to make sure that it is not another agenda because <laughs> the author, um, I've, I've followed her tweets and stuff, and they might not be true. It, it might fall into the, like the 1619 Project thing. So I want to be careful on, on the things that I'm, I'm reading. And, and putting out there. So I'm not going to tell you the name of the, this book. You may have seen it uh, if you're looking at the, um, at me on YouTube. But until I get through that, I'm, I'm going to wait because I, I don't want to put things out there that are not true. 
that I have to like go back and say, oh my gosh, I was so wrong. And if I do that, it's because I'm willing to admit that I've done some things wrong. But we have to start doing that. The things that we share on our, our social media, the things that we say to our friends and family. I have family that don't agree with me on all, all things. And that's okay because we can go through, and even though it might be offensive, I'm okay with speaking what I believe to be true. There are things that have been challenging to me or have been challenged to me in saying whatever. I don't believe this is in the Bible. I don't believe this is in the, in the Constitution. And as family members, we can agree to, agree to disagree. And I'm hoping to do the same thing even with the people that are listening to this podcast, that are enjoying this stuff on YouTube. So we can do things better, like I continue to say, I continue to harp on those things. We can have hard conversations. Trying to pull up uh, an article here real quick. Now, I'm not a big, um, so my political background, um, if you don't know, if you've just joined me, seen seen me for the the first time, listening to me for the first time, um, I used to be a staunch Republican. (laughs) I even ran campaigns for Republicans. I um, volunteered and I was on staff and I did things and I was, I worked for organizations and I really believed in that stuff. But I, I had a change of heart and I just couldn't go along with the way that things were. Frankly, I, I, I didn't even vote for Trump because I just couldn't get on board with the things that were being said. Sorry to offend all of you guys that are like Trump, Trump, no, no matter what. But for a while there, I was a never Trumper. Right now, I don't, I honestly don't know where I'm standing on things. I know that I can't stand the things that are coming from the left, the support and um, willful, um, not willing to um, denounce Antifa and other terrorist organizations that are going out in the cities and creating horrible circumstances for people. The unwillingness of the left to denounce that has been amazing to me. There are liberals that are denouncing it, but I'm saying like the media and um, people in Congress that are just willful participants in this or hoping that it helps them get to their next win or they're so afraid to speak against it that they are scared that they're not going to get reelected. We're seeing a lot of that in Congress right now, aren't we? In, in Congress, there's rules, like in the House. There's rules on how you vote and how you do things. They've been accepted pretty much for a long time, a couple hundred years. And things change, kind of polit- political, you know, parties will get whatever. They, they change rules. Republicans are just as guilty as Democrats on this. But what we're seeing now is something extremely offensive and I need to bring your attention to this. There is a movement in, in the Congress. Remember, does that say, and oops, I just played it. Um, and this is from C-SPAN, I believe. And, um, McCarthy, uh, Republican in Congress is pointing out something. I'm not going to play it on screen. Cause I don't want to get into copyright crap and all that stuff. I just, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want this taken down. But basically what he goes through is saying 
that they're changing the rules. The Democrats have changed the rules that our Republican or I mean our representatives in Congress do not have to be there to vote. That has been the standard since the foundation of this country that you are required to be there to vote. If you can't be there, you don't get a vote. Period. They're using COVID as an excuse to have proxy votes. So they don't even have to show up and you no longer have representation in Congress. So if my representative here in Colorado, I live in Denver, Denver metro area. If my representative just decides not to show up, he can say, hey, Senator or, or uh, Congressman from South Dakota 4th, you can have my vote and you can vote it however you want. That is anti-American. I'm telling you, you guys need to start saying these things and sharing these things. It's offensive to me in the wrong kind of way that we are being represented by other people. If this was a Republican doing this or it's a Democrat that does not matter to me, this should not be happening. We need to hold our representatives in Congress accountable. This cannot stand. We cannot, you have to, this is not a democracy. This is a Republic, a representative Republic. We are required to be represented, 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 got grief. I'm so frustrated by this. You've got to listen to what he has to say. I'm not going to play it because I, I, again, I just don't want to have to get all the licensing and all that kind of crap. It's expensive. I'm not making any money on this anyway, so I'm just not going to go down that road right now. (laughs) But he goes through and he shows exactly, and this is McCarthy, um, and he... (laughs) I just it blowing it's blowing my mind the ways that any anybody in Congress is using rules and parlor tricks to get their way. Now, if they're sick, guess what? You don't get a vote. <laughs> it sucks. But to say that you don't have to even be there and you still get to Throw in your vote is completely wrong. Oh, it's the 21st century. We have technology. We don't. No, you are supposed to be there. They are there to represent our interests. My interests, I go and vote for this guy or girl, and they go to Washington and represent us. That is the whole foundation. That is one of the reasons that we fought in the Revolutionary War is because we were no longer represented or we had no representation And we said, no, enough is enough. We need to have representation locally. And a bunch of other reasons why they started the Revolutionary War. But I'm just saying that was one of the foundational things that they said that we are fighting against rule, uh, the rule, the, you know, the king and all that crap. Good grief, guys. What are we doing? We're just sitting back and letting these offensive things happen right around us. And all we do is go back to eating our Cheetos. Get mad on the on the internet for a second. Repost something, and then we move on. Oh, stupid! I hate these guys. All right, I'm I'm done. Done. What what can I do? You can vote these idiots out. Call them. Call you can actually. You know what? You can actually pick up the phone and call your congress congressman, 
and demand that they talk to you, you can have that. You can set up appointments. You can go to their offices. You can say, enough. Why aren't we doing that? We need to start doing better. I'm telling you guys. I'm going to blow a gasket. Oh. Find me. Find me on paulprocise.com at paulprocise on Twitter and all those things. Let me know that you're listening to the program. I am enjoying my time. I'm having a lot of fun. Except for today. I was a little grumpy today. Oof. Guys, my name is Paul Procise. You have yourself a great day. <laughs>